This is the Conduit Church Teaching Podcast. Thanks for joining us. It's our mission to be a conduit of Jesus to the community in front of us and the world around us, starting with the teaching of His Word. Enjoy the message. And so over the, for the past five months, we have uh, been going through the book of Romans. And the sermon series has been called, What's True About You? And so the original goal when we set out to do this study was that we were going to start, I think we started in June, and that we were going to finish up Romans at the end of December. Okay, well, that didn't happen. So we're about 50% of the way through. So at this pace, we might be done by Easter. I'm not sure yet. But regardless, uh, we're going to pick back up in chapter 9 next uh, next Sunday. Darren will be back. We're going to jump right back into Romans chapter 9. It's a really uh, kind of a complicated passage. It's, it's really deep theologically. And so we're going to have Darren teach us that and we'll bring him back for those things. Um, and so today we are going to, um, we're just going to deviate just a little bit. You know, as we've been talking as a staff and as elders, thinking about even just this Sunday, um, and what could be said, right? No one's making New Year's resolutions anymore. And if you are, awesome. I, I hope you stick with them. Joel is not. It's not working for him. Um, maybe it's working for some of the rest of us. But even more deeper than that, like what could we say today as a church just to help, help us calibrate our, our hearts and our minds into this year? And I think it's safe to say for, for all of us, and I'll speak for myself too, that you know, 2021... Um, it's kind of an exhausting year. I mean, there's just a lot been coming at every single one of us each and every day. I had some really cool victories this year, too. I mean, my oldest son got married to, to Lauren. We had a wedding over the summer, so that was pretty awesome. We finished this project, so that was amazing. Um, both of those things were equally exhausting as well. But also, just all the things that have been coming at us each and every day, just from the world, from culture, and from society all the information that, that we're being told every day, all the misinformation and disinformation and thoughts and opinions and um, these, these ideologies that are thrown at us and these, these global things that are happening. And it's just, it's so loud and it's so often and it's so fast and it's just so much. What can we do today just to call a time out with that? We just had an amazing time of worship where we can just be present and exhale and listen to the word. And what would the Lord speak to us as we head into 22? What could we learn today? And so one of those things is chaos. This past year has just been chaos everywhere. And I think it's kind of incumbent upon, I think, us as believers and us as a church to provide clarity to the chaos. I truly believe that, that we should be able to provide clarity to the crazy that's happening in the world. Because of who our Savior is and, and who the King is, um, and through Scripture and through the Word, we should have some insight to what's happening and have clarity. And so I received some clarity back in fifth grade, okay? And it was me putting on glasses for the first time, all right? Go ahead and put that picture up, Rebecca. This is, this is me. I, didn't, I really didn't anticipate them to laugh that much. I heard like a really like sympathetic sigh in the back. Oh. Yeah, this is this is Mo, fifth grade, circa 91, getting glasses for the first time. <laughs> and it was after I had gone a few months and years, I don't know, not being able to see what's on the blackboard. 
Remember those? You guys don't even know what those are. Chalkboards. Chalkboard, I had to squint and try to make out what was happening, and then finally, you know, the teacher, it's the, you know, the classic situation, like, you know, you're squinting a lot, have a lot of headaches, so I got glasses, and I put the glasses on, now I'm able to see things that I didn't even know were there. How many of you have glasses or wear contacts here? Oh my gosh, so many of us. I, if I were to take my contacts out right now, I promise you, I would not be able to see a single person here. I am so blind. But with contacts in, it's just a whole new world, right? And so it's kind of funny in this picture, too. On the, my right ear, you see it's kind of underneath there. It looks like an earring. It's not because I was a pretty active kid. It was an athlete. And so I had those glasses that had the little loops around the ears to help them stay on. And, and that one on the right-hand side always kind of dipped below my, my earlobe. And I always thought it looked like an earring, which I thought was super cool because I was like a bad boy wearing an earring in fifth grade. Everybody thought it was. But it's not. It's just my ears are not level. Um, but clarity, receive clarity. And I believe many of us are walking around in our Christian life in the same way. Everything's fuzzy. We see things that are happening in the world. We see things that are happening in the globe, things that are happening in our life. And it's just fuzzy. We can't make sense of it all. It's blurry. It's confusion. We're squinting. We got headaches all the time trying to figure out what is happening. And you know, we're not the only ones who experience this. This happened to the disciples. If you remember, the disciples were in the boat right before Peter stepped out onto the water with Jesus. Like two verses before that, the disciples are freaking out. They're scared. They're like, oh my gosh, it's a ghost. It's a ghost walking across the water. And Jesus speaks up and says, no, no, no. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Disciples discovered and had the exact same problem. It wasn't until they had clarity and Jesus spoke into their life, they could see what was going on. And in that moment, it allowed Peter to step out in great faith to be with Jesus. And so that's what I want to encourage you today with, is that you would do the same, that you would hear the voice of the Lord, that you would put on your biblical glasses, your spiritual glasses, and see things that you maybe have never seen before, and walk into this year being able to see things that you've never seen before. Specifically, I want us to say that, that we would see the invisible so that we can live invincible, that we would see the invisible world around us so that we can live invincible. I'm going to describe what that, that means. We have just a few minutes today. I'm very aware of the noon kickoff for the Titans, very aware of this, because I really wanted to be at that game. But there's always more Titans games. And Darren and Shannon, you can only have one big trip to the beach for your 50th birthday. So congratulations. Was I supposed to say that? No one would have ever guessed, Shannon, I know you're watching, that you're 50 years old. 39 at the most. So enjoy your time on the beach while I dig myself out of this hole. <laughs> we love you, Tylers. We love you. Would you turn to Ephesians 6? Turn to Ephesians 6. This is a very familiar passage. Many of you know it. You know where I'm going with this. Ephesians 6, the back half could be its own sermon series. Um, we have taught on Ephesians 6 in years past, and perhaps we'll dive into it soon, maybe even this year. But Ephesians 6 is talking about spiritual warfare. 
and we don't have time to go through all the details of this, but I just wanted to remind you of some of these scriptures that are available to us to, that, that gives us clarity in these times that we live in, that gives us clarity in chaos, that we can reference back to these scriptures to, to help set us straight, okay? Ephesians 6, starting at verse 10, says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The schemes of the devil. Schemes there could be um, rendered really methods of the devil. In Greek, it's methodia. It could also be described as agenda. The devil has an agenda. I think that's fair to say. And devil being, um, meaning false accuser or divider, that there would be this, this agenda to divide us. Would you say that you've experienced that over the past year just by observing? There is an agenda to divide, whether in the church or outside the church, in the world, in our country, in our communities, in our schools. There's this spirit of division that has run rampant in our culture. That is not of God. So if it's not of God, then who is it of? It's of Satan, the devil. And Paul is reminding those in Ephesus about this, and it stands true today. And so in verse 12, it also says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We're not wrestling amongst each other, folks. Not at all. Honestly, it says here, it comes from, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Our real struggle, this wrestling match that we're a part of, it is not against flesh and blood. It's not against you and I. There is so much happening going on behind the scenes. It's more of a, this hierarchy of demonic forces that are doing battle in the spiritual realm. Just call it what it is. That's what's happening. And if we're... Are of, uh, if we are aware of this, if we can see the invisible, I think our minds would be blown to all the things that are happening behind the scenes, in the heavenlies, in the spiritual realm, on, the, on a daily basis, right now. That we would see the invisible, and just by having the awareness of seeing the invisible, it would give us courage. We would be able to identify the enemy. Colossians 1, just a couple pages over. Colossians 1, 15 says this. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. This is the same language he uses in Ephesians. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him hold all all things together. This invisible world, church, I would ask that we wake up to the invisible world, that you would see the invisible. There is so much more happening than just what's that you can see. It's, it sounds so simple. There's so much happening behind the scenes, and Paul is calling this out here, that we would see the invisible, the unseen, the principalities and the spiritual darkness. And where there's spiritual darkness, there's also this spirit of light. It's the Holy Spirit that you and I believe in. We operate in the Holy Spirit. We ask the Spirit to lead us. We just sung songs about it. We declare and we understand that there is a heavenly and a Holy Ghost that is a part of our life. Would we not then 
recognize or understand that there's, there's an enemy in the same way coming against. But when we can see the invisible and understand that there's more happening than meets the eye, we can identify the enemy and we can go to battle. We can go to battle. So if we see the invincible, we can live invincible. And the word invincible is defined this way. Incapable of being overcome or defeated. Unconquerable. That's the definition of the word invincible. Unconquerable. Where does that sound familiar? Unconquerable. Did we not just learn about that in Romans 8? Where he says we are what? We are more than, we are more than, we're more than conquerors. We, we can conquer, but actually it says we're more than that. So much so that we're invincible. By definition, invincible. Romans 8 Verse 37 says this, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels or rulers, talking about the invisible, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That should be a very encouraging verse for you today. Those things that want to come against, we have the power to overcome. You're invincible. You are more than a conqueror. And he goes on in the next book, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if you have time in your, in your daily study, just spend time in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Maybe write that down, come back to it later. We're going to read a few verses, but that entire chapter is an incredible encouragement to us as believers. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. And I always thought that was the coolest verse because that was like one of my favorite bands growing up. To show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. In other words, it comes from God. It's not anything we can do. Verse 8, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed or confused, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Invincible. You're here to tell about it today. This past year, how many of us were afflicted? Felt affliction this past year. How many of you perhaps were persecuted in some way? How many of us were perplexed? I think all of us are perplexed about a lot of things. They don't make sense. Or struck down. Maybe you were struck down with a a death in the family. Just didn't see that coming. Or a loss of job. Or loss of a relationship. You were struck down. But you weren't destroyed. You weren't destroyed. There's more to your story. And then later in this same chapter, in verse 16, it says, it's an encouragement. It says, we do not lose heart. We don't lose heart. Even because all these things happen, We have the courage to continue. We don't lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. That's what Kim was talking about. It's just daily renewal. He's doing something new every day. His mercies are new every day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient or temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. 
Church, I really want you to hear this verse. Underline this verse. Highlight this verse. May this be a reminder for you in this year of 22. Part of our, part of our invincibility is our ability to separate the temporal from the eternal. Okay? I want you to hear that. Part of our invincibility is our ability to separate the temporary from the eternal. That is, that, is a, that is a weapon that we can have against the enemy. Because we know that this momentary light affliction is just that. It's temporary. It's momentary. In the grand scheme of things, in eternity, it's, it's nothing. And I understand that we, we all have these seasons of life that we go, to, go through that are complicated or difficult and they're hard. And that season could be a week or a month or maybe a couple of years. You, you, you're in a season that's just hard. But that's the definition of a season. It's but for a moment, especially in, the, in light of eternity, which is where we draw our hope that this is not our home. We are just passing through. We're just... We're just passing through this. We have the hope of an eternity with Christ. And it's that knowledge, it's that awareness that gives us invincibility. It allows us to to see things different, to act different, to, to have courage, to take on those fiery darts, to withstand the hard times, because we know we're not defeated, we're we're victorious. We can push through it. We can live past it. That should bring you hope and courage today. In verse um, 2 Corinthians 10, later in the book of Corinthians, it says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. You know that was in the song we just sung about? The weapons of our warfare? They're not in the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are in singing these songs and these praises to our king. The weapons of our warfare are rightly dividing the truth and the spirit and teaching. The weapons of our warfare are actually gathering together in community, in having communion with one another. Weapons of our warfare are in praying in Jesus' name to do great things in our lives. Many times our default weapon of warfare is just to act in the flesh and it's to say something really smart and witty to that other person. Like we're so quick-witted sometimes. Or maybe one of the weapons of our warfare is just our mind. We think we've got all the answers. We've done all the research. We know all the data. We're smarter than them. So we say something or we think something. Or maybe it's in our brute strength. Maybe we, we just kind of walk around um, in, in kind of bullying and pushing people around just in our presence. We kind of have this air about ourselves. We're, we're cocky. We've got ourselves together. Those are all weapons of the flesh that really, they, they don't do anything but cause what? More division and confusion. The spirit of the Lord should guide us. And we have weapons to fight the enemy. When it says divine power there, divine power, that word power is um, dunamis in the Greek, dunamis. It's where we get our word dynamite from. Pretty powerful. Like if I lit a stick of dynamite in this room right now, it'd cause a problem. We have that same power. This is what Paul's describing. We have that same power in the spirit with us every single day. The power to make change 
in our, starting with ourselves and our family to our community, power, divine power to destroy strongholds, not just to push strongholds away, ignore strongholds. No, it says destroy them, to remove them. There's a book by Chip Ingram called The Invisible War. I highly recommend it. It's about this entire topic of spiritual warfare. And he says this, and this, this was so good this week. He says, as believers in Christ, we do not fight for victory. We fight from victory. Big difference. It's a prepositional change. It's like this is a preposition for and from, right? Those English majors here. We're not fighting for victory. You know why? Why would you fight for something you've already won? You're fighting from victory, from a stance of victory on the winner's circle with the king with us. You are an ambassador. You are a soldier of Christ, and you have all of the, the power, all of the tools, all of the resources to go into battle, into a battle that's already won. Why would we not walk into this year remembering that? We don't have to walk around defeated. There's no reason to walk around defeated. I understand being discouraged. I understand being heavy-hearted. And there's times for those things. Those are real emotions. I'm not saying we ignore those, not at all. I'm saying we embrace those things, that we be present in the middle of those things, but we don't have to stay there. We can move forward with hope, with hope. We can say his love endures forever. We can say faithful and true are his promises. Those are the things that we say. Those are the things that we remember. And may it encourage those around us to find hope. There is a lost and dying world outside of these walls that we're about to step into tomorrow. Tomorrow's Monday, back to the grind. A lot of us are back to work. And a lot of them don't have the hope of Jesus that you have. They don't know about this good news. They're living in defeat. What if they could find out about the good news of the gospel? What if they could find out that they could live victorious lives? If we could see the invisible and see the people that the Lord surrounds us with or brings us along our way and see past that person and the thing that they're saying or the thing that may be hurt and see past that and see them for their soul that needs rescued. Those of us that believe in Christ Jesus in this room are all part of the great rescue. We've been rescued. It is incumbent upon us to take that good news out of here so that others can be rescued. I wanna share this quick video. Um, have you guys seen those, uh, there's videos around YouTube that that show when people first put on the colorblind glasses, those that are colorblind, they put on the glasses and they see color for the first time. Um, I wanna share this quick, quick video. Try not to cry, dare you. Sorry, yeah. Are they glasses? Yeah. You're kidding. The colorblind ones? No. -uh. Yeah. <laughs> They're so expensive. Put them on. You're kidding. Put them on. <laughs> Are you serious? You guys can see this every day. 
I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you guys understand, but I didn't know. <laughs> the grass look green. <laughs> yeah. It's sunray. Stop making me cry. <laughs> but it's it's color like I don't nobody understands how I'll have to relearn my colors with the glasses. <laughs> yeah, what color you actually think? This is violet or purple, this is blue. I'm gonna say this is rose okay. red or pink, Thinking. white and violet on the end. Oh nice! <laughs> yeah. You like? I can see colors. Gets me every time. When he says, um, you guys see this every day? What would it look like if we could put on glasses like that? Like I wish the Lord could perform a miracle and put a pair of glasses under every chair in here for you just to reach down and pick up and put on glasses through the eyes of Jesus. I don't think we could contain all that we would see. What's happening in the heavenlies, his spirit in this room, the hurt in each person, the hope that we all carry. Can I challenge you, starting today, heading into 22, that you see the invisible, that you put on your glasses, you put on your glasses, that the, the biblical lens that allows you to see the bigger picture and the bigger story that's happening. You would put on your spiritual glasses through just spending time with the Lord. We get so busy. May this year we not be as busy. And we be present with the Lord as he speaks to us and guides us that we would just see people differently, that we would see the world differently, that the things that are happening across the globe that don't make sense, that are confusing and causing division, like that's, that's spirit, there's spiritual warfare involved. There's an agenda happening. And we as believers, in light of this truth, have the hope for the rest of the world. We're hope dealers. Do you know that? <laughs> we get to deal out hope everywhere we go. And so it's my encouragement to you today that you would see the invisible, that you would live invincible heading into 22, that you would just calibrate your heart and your mind towards these things. We got a lot of work to do, church. And I'm so thankful and grateful to be a, a part of a church body that is getting work done for the kingdom. We are not sitting around doing nothing. We are a group of scrappy Jesus followers that are gathering together every single week, getting stuff done for the kingdom because we're compelled to. Why wouldn't we? I'm so thankful for each of you. Let's stand and pray. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this place. Lord, we thank you that you give us the opportunity to see through your eyes. What an honor, what a privilege that is. And may we not carry that around lightly. May we not just discard our glasses and just 
put them on the shelf and live out of the flesh. Lord, forgive us for that. Lord, may we live in the spirit. We put on these glasses as we go about our day, Lord, and see things that we never really noticed before because we're led by you. And so, Lord, I pray for my family. Lord, I pray for our church family. Lord, I pray that you just put a hedge of protection around this property. I pray you put a, a hedge of protection around this community in Middle, middle Tennessee. Lord, that you would, you would keep the enemy away, those principalities and those things that wish to set up camp to cause division and chaos in our town and our community or in our state or our region. I pray in Jesus' name that it leave. Lord, the power of Jesus Christ would be present, that you are drawing people to you, to you and to your name, that you may be high and lifted up. There's no room for the enemy to take place or to set up shop here or anywhere near here. Lord, we ask for your, your power to lead us and guide us, your spirit to lead us and guide us. Lord, I pray for just protection over our, each and every family and household represented here today. Lord, that you would keep sickness away. Lord, that, that, you, that your spirit would move in a way that there is healings that take place starting right now in Jesus' name. Lord, that there's relationships that, that start to be mended with a, a soft word starting today. Lord, I pray for even blessing, financial blessing over each and every person here, Lord, that you would just make a way, Lord, that their hard work would pay off, Lord, that their diligence would be rewarded in Jesus' name. Lord, we're praying for the miracle of, of even this building just being paid off in one fell swoop, Lord, just let it be done in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for this group of believers that have come together to honor you, to serve you. May we bring others to the saving knowledge of you and your name. May we live out hope today. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Godspeed, church. Go in peace. Thank you.